The Church, in her wisdom, sets out weekly readings from the Gospels. These readings allow us to follow the life and teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and the story of our salvation. Upper Room Media presents to you the weekly Sunday homily delivered from Sydney, Australia. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. To all our very dear and very special mothers and grandmothers, we say to each and every one of you a very blessed and a very joyful Mother's Day. We often take our mothers and our grandmothers for granted, and on this very special day of the year, Mother's Day, we say to each and every one of you, we are very grateful, we are very thankful, we very much appreciate all that you do and continue to do for each and every one of us. Your many sacrifices are very valued. Your endurance, your patience is very, very much appreciated by each and every one of us, although we don't express it in words or we don't express it in gifts, nor do we express it in appropriate gestures. Nevertheless, on this day and from the church itself, we say to all our mothers and to all our grandmothers, we are very grateful and thankful. We say also we are very grateful for your prayers because we all know the prayers of a mother Guys, we all know that. The prayers of a mother and the prayers of a grandmother are very, very powerful and acceptable before the Lord. We see in each one of the mothers beautiful life of Hannah, the mother of Samuel. And we see in many of our mothers and grandmothers the beautiful, successful life of Eucabit who raised for us a great prophet in Moses. And we see in each and every one of you, as I said, prayers raised before the Lord like St. Monica who prayed for her son Augustine. And there can be nothing more treasured by every man okay, and woman, young and old, than the powers of the prayers of their mother. And so we are grateful. We're also very grateful to many who are mothers, not because they have physical children, but because they are mothers to many, many spiritual children. When we look at someone like Saint Mother Teresa in Calcutta in India, and we look at someone like Tamav Irini in the last century and early this century, and many others who are nuns as well. They don't have physical children, but they have many spiritual children, and we call them mothers. In similar fashion, also consecrated women who gave of their life. And so your selfless sacrifices and your generous spirit and your compassionate demeanor, which we feel every single day, but as I said, we, we don't express it in gratitude and in kindness, but today we say to each and every one of you, a very happy and a very joyful Mother's Day. Okay? And mothers produce saints. We know that. The Bible teaches us that. Did you hear that? Paul, when he's writing to his very beloved and very dear disciple Timothy, he says, the faith that has been implanted in you through your grandmother and your mother. What are their names? Lois and Eunice. Mm -hmm. Now, Timothy is a product of a cross-cultural marriage. His father was Greek, mum was Hebrew, Jewish. Then he writes to him and he says, you have known the scriptures from childhood, Okay, which has made you wise. You have known the scriptures from your childhood which are able to make you wise. So this was implanted, of course, through his mother, 
and his grandmother Lois and Eunice. And so an important element which all mothers and grandmothers bring to their children and to their grandchildren is implanting the word of God and love for the Lord himself and tremendous love for his church and Christian values and principles. And so the very first school, well, be, well before preschool or well before Sunday schools and pre-servants, saints and scholars and martyrs were produced and manufactured in beautiful, beautiful, outstanding Christian homes. So again, we say to each and every one of you, we are so grateful. And we see in you, those present with us and those who may not be present with us this morning, okay, um, godly Christian mothers who are beautiful examples. May God bless each and every one of you and give you every abundant grace as you continue to be our number one role models in many aspects of life. Um, and now turning very briefly to the gospel and the correlation between the Mother's Day and the Gospel is the Mother of True Light because earlier this week on Tuesday we celebrated the birthday of the Mother of True Light, St. Mary, the Mother of God, okay, who is the Mother of all. And as you know in the Western churches, May is the month of Mary from where we got Mother's Day across America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand and other parts of the world, honouring all our mothers as personified and manifested in the wonderful life of the pride of all of humanity, St. Mary, the mother of God, the mother of true light. In the gospel this morning, and we have a very small reflection, our Lord Jesus Christ says three wonderful, inspiring, motivating things to each and every one of us as Christian women and men today. He says, I have come as a light into this world. And we thank you, Lord. He also says then, if I have come as a light of this world, two things I request from each and every one of you. What would you like, Lord? Number one, believe in the light, walk in the light. That's all. I have come as a light into the world. And actually, the Gospel of St. John is known as the Gospel of Light. In the very beginning, every morning, we say, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then when we pray, we say, O true light who enlightens every man who comes into the world. The very first um, paragraph of the litanies. And at night, the church says, rise, children of light. And the church where we are here this today is a pillar of light. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, we see our Lord Jesus Christ walking through the seven lampstands. What are the seven lampstands? They are the seven churches shining so beautifully in society. And he's holding the seven stars in his hands, which are the leaders, the bishops, the priests of the church, in his hands. And in no one else's hands are they working and serving. And so, with your light, Lord, we see light. The question that I would like to ask is, why do you need the light of Christ? Because sometimes the beginning has to always be like, why do you need to receive Holy Communion? Why do you really need to read the Word of God if you've read it so many times and you're quite acquainted with it? Why do you still need uh, to read and learn about your Christian faith, although you have a pretty good understanding of it? So we always like to start with, why do you need such and such? Why? And if we can answer that one, it does set the pace ready for each and every one of us. You ready? Why do you need the light of Christ every single day? First is, I need the light of Christ because I need to make, all of us need to make suitable, appropriate decisions. 
good decisions, sound decisions. Every day you're called to make decisions. Some things you could get right and some things you can get wrong. But if you have the light of Christ in you, then you're able to make what? Sound, good decisions. Good decisions plus good decisions plus good decisions make wonderful chapters in your life. Bad decisions, bad decisions, regrettable decisions will make pretty smudged chapters in one's life. But it's still rectifiable. That's why in the Agbeya book, we say, sanctify my soul, enlighten my mind. In the ninth hour, we say this, sanctify my soul, enlighten this mind. How do you enlighten this mind? How do you enlighten the mind? How do you enlighten it? You need to enlighten every single day through the word of the word of God. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And blessed is every person who has that wonderful daily devotion and walk with Christ as they open up Old Testament and New Testament, as they open up and make their way through the epistles of St. Paul or make their way through the Gospels or through 1 and 2 Chronicles and 1 or 2 Samuel or 1 and 2 Kings. And you read, you learn, you understand, you benefit, you share. And at home, at home, Bible has a very special place in our home, in our life. And mothers have always been incredible in teaching their children, us children, okay, and grandchildren, the living word of God. It implanted it so beautifully as I refer to Timothy and his relationship with Lois and Eunice, his grandparents. You need the word of God, okay, and you need to make a prayer. That's why the first thing why you need, need, need very much to have the light of Christ. The second thing is, throughout our, throughout our journey in the day, all right, sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we make errors. And sometimes we have blind spots. I really couldn't see this. I really couldn't identify this. Okay? And you say to me, watch out. I want to be careful. I said, oh, I didn't see it. That's why I need the light of Christ to enlighten me. David says this. He says this. What does he say? Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, and my enemies prevail against me. You'll find that little quote from the early morning psalms in the, in the first prayer. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, and my enemies prevail against me. And therefore, through the light of Christ, I get to see my errors, mistakes, and sins. And tell you what. All of us, all of us here, do not like to be criticized. Okay? Ask any husbands. They cannot stand being criticized by their wives. Correct or not? Even if it's Mother's Day. You have to admit, of course. No. And no ladies like to be criticized by their husbands. No children. None of us. We're all very defensive. But the light of Christ, okay? And that's why James tells us the, the Bible is like a mirror. I look at it and I discover myself and I discover my errors and if you know yourself you definitely know God okay and if you accept yourself you'll certainly grow more in knowing the Lord if you have a stable secure sound Christian personality here which is what we seek from each and everyone get really sound and stable does it make sense now that the rate I'm going we're not going to finish so we're going to move very more quickly than this so let's just wrap it up quickly because we need to pray the mass and to speak less we need the light of Christ and we need to be filled always with his light. And we do so every time you and I lift up our hearts in short prayers. 
the light of Christ surrounds you. You do shine like Moses when he was able to shine so beautifully. And as you are filled and filled with the light of Christ, you project this light everywhere you go. You do. Have a look at, you know, someone like St. Verena. Who's Verena? She's the patron saint of? Of? Switzerland. Oh, yeah, we all like, we all love to travel to Europe. We all love Swiss chocolates. <laughs> patron saint of Switzerland, together with St. Maurice. And how did she shine in Switzerland all these years ago? A martyr. By using her profession as a as a nurse, she's, to this day, in all our faculties, particularly ACU and Notre Dame, that produce nurses here in Australia, okay, she's the patron saint of nurses. Okay, she is. Okay, proud of a very simple, ordinary Coptic woman from Upper Egypt. Yeah. Okay, over there in uh, in the very elegant, classy Europe to this day. Good. Mm -hmm. So you shine through the light which is in you. The light's in you. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in, in heaven. And similarly, on Monday we celebrated the Feast of St. Mark, whose life and character and dedication to the ministry, St. Paul says, bring Mark to me because he's useful to me in the ministry. And he wrote for us the Gospel, 16 chapters, very short, very concise, gave us the liturgy. Established the school of Alexandria, martyred in 68 AD in the streets of Alexandria. He transformed us. What do we say in the doxologies? He transformed us from darkness to light. Mm -hmm. And so, and to this day, okay, his light shines throughout all of Africa, from the north right down to Johannesburg in the south. Mm -hmm. And so did St. Anthony, who lit up the desert so beautifully. All right? turned that darkness of the desert or the dryness of the desert into something really beautiful. And so did Habib Gerges light so beautifully the church in the early 20th century. And so many women and men. And you do the same. You light up a very dark and dim society because you bring the light of Christ. Not your light. Okay? So we talk today, the Lord is asking us today to walk in the light, to believe in the light. He is the true light that enlightens every man who comes to the world. And we say to him, Lord, dispel all the darkness in me and in my home and in my family, okay, and in all aspects of life, my life, so that your light shines above all. We say, Lord, enlighten this mind of mine, enlighten my heart, enlighten my conscience today so I could have real good principles, enlighten my entire life, enlighten my home and my family so that there is unity and harmony always, enlighten our services and our ministries here and in every church and in every place so that they are fruitful and that they are effective for the glory of your holy and blessed name. Just one little question. If you want to know where uh, this beautiful, I mean, the whole Bible talks so much about light, See, have a look at what you do in the darkness and what do you do in the light. Mm -hmm. yeah. Be very careful and have a good look. What do you do in the darkness and what do you do in the light? And whatever is done in the darkness will be always be exposed always through God's beautiful light that shines so beautifully in us and in our hearts and in our lives. To God be glory and honor now and forevermore. Amen.
This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.